straight from Boston. It's Founder Thought, the show that has everything from advice, ideas, and inspiration from founders and business owners that made it all happen. On this episode, Stephanie and Oz speak with sisters Vanessa and Casey, co-founders of Jaju Pierogi, a quickly growing food brand featuring their grandfather's time-tested pierogi recipes. Welcome to Founder Thought. Today we are here with Vanessa and Casey. Um, So why don't you guys start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I'll go. Um, I'm Casey. I'm the younger of the two sisters. Um, I grew up in West. We both grew up in Western Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what started our business. Um, Our grandfather was based there. And I went to school in uh, Waltham at Bentley University and went into the corporate world for all of two years. And then we started this business. So now I live in Somerville, Massachusetts. So close by. And I'm Vanessa. And Obviously, since she's the younger sister, I am the older <laughs> sister behind Jaju Pierogi. And so, yep, group Western Mass, went to Tufts, uh, graduated in 2009. And I worked a lot. I, I studied um, international relations, French and Italian at Tufts. And so I had a bunch of like international minded jobs coming out of school. I worked a little bit between Boston and Oxford, UK, and then I worked in Rome for a few years. And, and then I finished up working for a startup that had a headquarters in Amsterdam, did all that kind of fun travel stuff. And I still love to travel, but now <laughs> then transition into a food business. Yeah. Um, so we both, you know, as we'll probably get into this, but we, neither of us really had um, like a culinary necessarily passion no, or background we just had a heritage mm-hmm. that we wanted yeah. to share and so we both really worked she worked in consulting yeah. uh for those two years and i worked in tech and then we transitioned into this so when pe- people will be like what do you recommend i do to you know for this broth or like <laughs> yeah like, I, don't know. I just i just boil water and eat pasta I so like, <laughs> yeah right it looks yeah, like we're chefs in like the kitchen exactly we're definitely I think entrepreneurs was, i think yeah. that's the thing too like we started and we continue to do like keep it simple people always reach out to us because pierogi polish dumplings but do you make galumki? Do you make the soups? Will you do like punch keys? Like, and we're like, no, like we do one thing really well. And that's what I think we're going to continue to do. We do six different flavors. We're introducing a meat flavor soon. So, but it's, it's true. It's like, people are like, have you thought about doing this? And like every family like has their own recipe, mm-hmm. their own flavor that they made with their family. And so when you take, when you hear that from them, you're like, wow, like it's great to have the story and like connect on that level. But mm-hmm. in my head anyway, we're like, okay, well, we do these flavors. And we do them really well. Let's let's stick to what we're doing, <laughs> you so know? This is actually bringing me back for your brand. Now, obviously, you from tech mm-hmm. consultant. Uh, I think your grandfather started the business six years ago and you guys work on weekend doing mm-hmm. the dumpling, help them. So how we came up with the idea to make this Take the next step. I am interested because it's not likely how we came up. We decided to move from just for Western Massachusetts to make it like mass. It wasn't yeah, very clear. Yeah. So how you came up with this idea? In middle school. So we had our, our grandfather started this deli with his siblings uh, in the 60s. And they had, yeah, they had pierogies. They also um, had kielbasa. They had the guamki. So guamki are 
stuffed cabbage with like rice and it depends on the family recipe, but like pork and beef mixed up and kind of covered in tomato sauce. That's a Polish dish. Um, but they also were very famous. People listening to podcasts might be familiar with Wineski Farms. That's the store. And they were very famous for their pot pies as well. And so, yeah, I was a financially motivated middle schooler and would go there <laughs> on Saturdays and work with my elders. And, and that's, um, that process in, definitely informed the business at the beginning, but that store still exists. Our uncle runs it, um, and what the the thing that we took away from it because our favorite food, really, I mean, actually, I won't speak for you because maybe you feel like you like the Gwumki better. Gwumki but is my favorite but, um, food <laughs> but for life. The one we always had in our freezer, like at college and everything, was the pierogies mm-hmm. from the business, and we started to hear from people like first roommates or people living, you know, in college, our sweet mates or whatever, they'd say, hey, where'd you get those? Mm -hmm. And we started realizing that there wasn't anyone distributing high quality pierogi on a mass level. There's Mm -hmm. Mrs. T's, there's some regional ones, there's some restaurants, but there's no one offering a high quality pierogi. So that's kind of we heard that so much. And there is a five year difference between us. So we kind of like joked around about it. It was during when I was out of, this is um, Vanessa, but I was out of college for those five years while she was finishing up. It was kind of when that foodie revolution was happening in the Mm -hmm. Boston area. So we were both like, someone's definitely going to do this. And starting a business is intimidating. So you're, you just kind of like expected and and I don't want to say hoped, but just expected that someone else would do it. And then no one else did it. And so we finally were like, let's figure out Mm -hmm. how to do this. So I don't know if you want to Continue yeah. the story, farmers markets and all yeah, that. Yeah, so so we and our grandfather. So when we first started, like the Polish family, like our family thought it was a joke. They were like, mm-hmm. "Good luck! Like you're gonna lose a shirt <laughs> off of your backs. Yes. Like good luck." Um, and so we, when we met and we're like, "Okay, let's start tinkering." We knew our grandfather had like the recipe book in mm-hmm. the back of the store, and mm-hmm. so we went back there and we found it. it was like so funny. Like we walked through like the back hallway and it was just like. Oh, like sitting there um and we took that yeah and we were just tinkering tinkering and what I like to say now like looking back it's like we we did it right in the sense that we tested we kept our jobs Mm -hmm. our full-time jobs and tested a concept to make sure that people wanted it there was Mm -hmm. demand for about a year and a half so we um we started doing farmers so we tinkered around with recipes our friends tried them they kind of gave us some feedback initially like "Mm," and then we were tinkering a bit and then we're like okay let's get like what's the worst thing we can do get permitted Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we found a local deli that would let us cook on Sundays. And so we went to markets on Saturdays. What's the worst mm-hmm. thing? We go to these markets for a year and a half and then mm-hmm. we're done. Like, okay, yeah. we have our corporate jobs. We can just test this. So we did that for the first year and a half. And so the first market we went to, we we're like, let's go together, like sell 30 frozen boxes <laughs> and see how it goes. And we sold out in an hour. Oh, and wow. we were like, okay. Yeah. And people were lining up at our booth. No one else had a line. We're like, okay. And then we're taking this everyone's. Like an, this was like an auditorium in Melrose, yeah, Massachusetts. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was so, so random. You had samples, right? Did you have samples? We did. We had samples. Yeah, that's yeah. probably yeah. Sold those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Hell like, yeah, right. some of that. The two sisters, <laughs> yeah. like, there, you know, we had Super a, energetic. We always like, we had so a, many hours. Our judge, you pierogi vests on, and we are frying up, you know, these pierogies and sampling them out. But, yeah, so she said. Yeah, so we like we took every. So we're like, okay, we're sold out, but let's take your name. We're hand delivering because mm-hmm. we're like, we want all these yeah. customers. Like, let's go. That's and amazing. that really continued for a year and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. until we were like, okay, 
Um, now we're working on Wednesday nights, Thursday mm-hmm. nights till 1 a.m. It's Christmas, which is the biggest time of year for sure. pierogi. So yeah. we would be, you know, People like were finding clocking. us yes. and like writing us and be like, I'll take, they were literally, I'll take anything. I was like, well, we have eight potato yeah. and cheese pierogi, four cabbage, pierogi, like literally individual pierogies. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, I'll take anything you have. And we're like, okay, this is the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. we, that's what we did. So for a year and a half, we tested it. We're like, okay. And it was, then it was becoming super overwhelming. And I was at my corporate job, like, working on the business, you know, and looking over my shoulder, making sure no one saw. So I was like, okay. And then same thing. And we're like, okay, let's just, like, give it a go. Just so we it. went, we went yeah. full time. But um, and that was January 2017 that we went full time. So we this went into existence. Yeah. So yeah. we yeah. started, our first farmer's market was January 2016 mm-hmm. in Melrose. And then... We did more farmers markets and we started doing um, a few like pop up events at breweries. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. also, it was like the perfect. I mean, yeah. people talk about some element of luck mm-hmm. in your business. And I think when I look back, like we, I, a lot of our, you know, growth is attributed to our, I think, like our hustle and grind and work ethic for sure. And our, we are very scrappy and always like super creative with how we do things. Um, and, but I think like a lot of it for the luck element is that we came up when the brewery scene mm-hmm. was just starting. Just new, yeah. Yeah. And so does we it were, tie in well with like, yeah, so we would go and fry and our pierogies yeah. at yeah. breweries. Fry dumplings it, and beer. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, people were so at that moment, people were so excited yeah. about the new brewery in their town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they were so food trucks were mm-hmm. super cool mm-hmm. and pop-ups and everything. And we were like, oh, like a pierogi pop-up, like, oh my God. And yeah. so that was like super new. And so when we would go to these breweries, we would sell out every mm-hmm. time. It'd be a line of people. And so I think that that was just like the perfect moment to launch mm-hmm. our business because it really gave us the momentum to continue. So to build our, it helped us, helped us build our brand and gave us the momentum to then be able to pursue distribution with confidence. Mm-hmm. If we entered that scene now, mm-hmm. it would be more difficult because there's so many breweries. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. so people are just have fatigue about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we still do pop ups here and there. We've definitely wound them down. We do more large scale events, but when we do pop ups, we do see that there is like a fatigue. There's so many breweries. There's mm-hmm. so many food pop ups. There's so many food yeah. trucks and everything. So it was really, I think that was like the luck element for when we started. That's amazing. So now it's your family recipe. Yeah. It's uh, you guys. You change it, or is the same, or you, uh, you, you, did you make it more like to fit the honest here, American honest every more? So yeah. So <laughs> the potato and cheese. So the potato and cheese are number one seller. It's what everyone knows mm-hmm. when they think of pierogi, the flavor. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty similar to it's what our grand- say it's like. A, it's pretty it's much the recipe, same yeah. as to mm-hmm. what our grandfather did. Obviously, we've scaled it up to a point because he, you know, he has recipes of what for five hundred pierogi, mm-hmm. and now we're doing you know six or seven thousand a day. So we've oh, wow. scaled it up. Um, so the potato and cheese is definitely the same. Um, he also made a kielbasa um, pierogi, which we did kielbasa and red, red pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, the cabbage and mushroom is also super super traditional, but mm-hmm. we now. Um, we, use a pro- we, have, we have a pierogi machine that allows us to, you know, oh, allows wow. us to scale. Okay. Um, so we had to add potato to that because mm-hmm. to, for it to smoothly go through the extruder and the machine. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. there's things we've had to change and tinker with. Mm-hmm. But um, So we do the potato and cheese for, for grocery right now. We have five SKUs out, um, in store. So potato and cheese, which is the number one seller. And then we created the sweet potato caramelized onion, not traditional. No, <laughs> that sounds delicious, though. Yeah, it's, it's our number, really two, it's our number yeah. two seller. And I think it's because 
Um, no one has ever seen that flavor mm-hmm. out there. And people love, yeah. love sweet potatoes. Yeah. Um, and then we do a jalapeno cheddar as well, which is yeah. not very traditional. But and spinach and feta, too. Spinach and, yeah. So we do potato yeah. and cheese, sweet potato with caramelized onions, spinach and feta, cabbage and mushroom, and the jalapeno cheddar. So mm-hmm. now, because I know it's Polish food, obviously, mm-hmm. when you go for, like, the event, actually, this was in my mind. When you go for this event, Polish people come on the line? or There's, like... Uh, pierogi are a very nostalgic food, but there's mm-hmm. different types of nostalgia that, that we've seen out there. So one is that there's like familial, like there's mm-hmm. uh, someone, you know, you were, you're Polish or a Polish background and your mother, your grandmother made them and you haven't been able to find them that taste like your mother's or grandmother's. And mm-hmm. that there's, that's that element of nostalgia. So those people definitely show up. They will drive, they will pay, they will <laughs> show <Yeah>. up. <laughs> those people. Then there's also um, some parts of, this, of the country that are super Polish. So there's uh, particularly like, I mean, New York City obviously has every culture. So there's mm-hmm. New York City and New Jersey has a lot of Polish. Um, Pennsylvania is super, has a lot of Polish people. Mm-hmm. And then like, they, I saw it online recently, pierogi pocket. It's like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, <laughs> uh, Ohio, like out to Illinois, like Minnesota, yeah. like in that stretch where a lot of Polish people uh, settled. And so I've encountered, I'm sure she has too, um, like many people that say, oh, I, like, I'm Italian or I'm whatever, but mm-hmm. I grew up next to a Ukrainian mm-hmm. family, yeah. a Polish mm-hmm. family. My, I dated a Polish girl and her mm-hmm. mom made really awesome. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm, her mom made the best pierogi. There's yeah. like a lot of, cause it's, it's a comfort food. It's yeah. so there's, and like, it really is just like some, just like a nonna that makes like a really good pasta sauce or a sure. good mm-hmm. eggplant parm or lasagna. Like there's a lot, there's like that warmth to mm-hmm. some pierogi, like a good plate of pierogi. And so we get that as well. And then also like, Dumplings are cool. So um, dumpling, I mean, I love dumplings. It's just like the ultimate comfort food. And so it definitely like the other thing we hear frequently from people is that I would never have tried pierogies if I hadn't tried yours. And those Mm -hmm. people now go to the store and buy them, but they probably wouldn't have gone and bought like Mrs. T's because Mm -hmm. they had us at a brewery. They were like, what's a pierogi? They probably didn't pronounce it that way, but <laughs> um, what what's a paraji? Um, but like, so then like they go, so it's it's a bunch of different things. But people they're hungry at a brewery and there's dumplings involved. They're gonna probably try. Them. This one is fun because actually I'm, I'm like Middle Eastern, yeah. So we like I go for places where they have babagan noodles, not babagan noodles, yeah. But this why I love uh, because they tell me it's babagan. It's absolutely not babagan. I don't know what you're talking. It has eggplant in some level. I love babagan and you're breaking my heart. But then. it's not babagan. It's absolutely not. I don't know. Actually, I was stepping a few weeks ago in Back Bay. And oh, Stephanie's in Newbury. Yeah. She's telling me it's. Uh, she said, no, this is our test on what I like about the idea. It still has the flavor of that. Like, you kept that, uh, you kept that. I love this idea because a lot of people, I feel they go too far from what it is. Yeah. But I love how we kept it. So it's amazing. And also, yeah. too, with like Polish people. So with the potato and cheese, farmer's cheese is like the most traditional way to, pr- to produce a potato and cheese pierogi. So Polish people, like, with every every Polish person that comes to an event, it's like, so what cheese is it? And you have it's the it's the test. Like you have to, and you know what they want to hear. So you're like, yeah. it's farmer's cheese. I I, try, I promise. I promise. <laughs> but it's like funny because like I like being able to say that back because I'm like mm-hmm. I know what like Polish people 
put in their pierogi and what it's important to them and that's what they want to taste. So I'm like happy to respond the way that you want me yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, respond. And so yeah. that's that's been cool too. And like sauerkraut with the cabbage and mushroom, like mm-hmm. is it sauerkraut? Yes, it's sauerkraut because that's mm-hmm. the traditional. Yeah. yeah, but this I think what makes the brand successful. I see it because I feel a lot like uh, hum- I'm gonna come back for hummus, but I feel like because it's <laughs> they go too far from it. Really, this was not successful. The uh, sabra because it's very, it tastes very hummusy. This why it's successful sabra oh, hummus. Yeah, 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 so yeah, this yeah, why yeah. because it's actually it it's hummus. Yeah. It's yeah. it tastes very tasty. But this why I love about your brand. Yeah. So now we get in farmers market. Yeah. Now uh, how this is what interesting what's the next step after because yeah. this i think he guys now is a growth mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is what the scaling is gonna happen the challenges so what's the challenge happen here after this step so our goal we so something that you know we've both heard over time talking to other people in the industry that we have been lucky to share like some people can get into a business with a partner and from the beginning like they don't talk about it or they don't agree and they hope maybe it resolves itself about a common goal, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody, they might get into a food business and one wants a restaurant and one wants to distribute. And then if they don't agree on that, then the business, you know, can have, can ultimately just not really go anywhere. But we were in agreement the whole time that our ultimate goal with our business was to distribute mm-hmm. to grocery stores. So everything that we did like farmers markets, the pop-ups, anything, any events that we did was all to grow brand awareness mm-hmm. to then achieve like the store distribution and mm-hmm. have confidence at that store level. So we went full-time in January 2017 and we got our permit to distribute to stores that spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you looked back at our pack, I mean, it's so cute now, but if you look back at our packaging, <laughs> One that was we were doing six pierogies in a clamshell like plastic mm-hmm. container with yep. like a wrap around that sleeve. would fall off. You'd like you'd <laughs> like give it to the distributor would, yeah. and hope that it would stay on. <laughs> yeah, and they were like we had like a six year ninety day Best Buy yeah. like which was just because of freezer burn because we didn't have yeah. the right packaging. And now like our packaging is amazing and it's stand up pouch and and it's it looks extremely sexy on the grocery store shelf, but. Um, so we were always working to that. And so then when we first started, like in that springtime doing the distribution, we got the permit. We were just driving around to stores and dropping off our pierogies as samples and mm-hmm. calling and calling and calling and following up. And we still do a lot of that now. But um, we got, what, probably into first like 50 or 70 stores just like doing that. And then we started picking up like distributors or our yeah. first distributors that would do it for us. But I and, think, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, what's the challenge of like going from that point to like the full distributor? Cause I know that that's difficult to right. do. It's not easy to get into stores and especially big brands. So okay. what was that sort of challenge in that process? Yeah. So I think we, the way we did it was smart in the sense that we started with a small, small distributor. Mm-hmm. We got into specialty stores through him and we were out there selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like knocking on doors, calling for weeks and weeks. But then, yeah, there's a point where, so we got a few different like smaller distributors mm-hmm. and then we're like, okay. Um, and we kind of naively were reaching out to like larger chains mm-hmm. and just being like, okay, who do they use? You know, because yeah. okay, we've gotten to all these specialty stores. Now, like, like I always say, now we always say it's like, who's the whale? Like we want the whale yeah. account because there's, you know, a few years you do that. And now we're at that point too where we're like, okay, like who who's the big account that like we can focus on, you know, 
eight of them. Like, I know, like, back in when I was listening, like, you know, it's like, okay, they're in Sprout. Like, the big stores, like, who can we focus in on? Because that's really how you're going to scale your business Mm -hmm. for everyone to see you across the country. Um, So I think it was really smart. And we had, like, really good partners in our specialty distributors. And then, yeah, like, about, I would say, what, a year and a half ago, we started tapping into, uh, I guess, about two years ago. um, I was calling on Big Y for, like, three years yeah. and he finally said yes the buyer um and then that opens you know the door for a, a larger distributor bazudos um and then same thing like vanessa was working on with unify and mm-hmm. uh, kahi which are national distributors and you kind of like you you're out there on the road asking who they use and then that's like creating okay i should be tapping into them because i want this chain so that's mm-hmm. kind of how we did it like first seeing hey the store is interested can you carry us as a distributor, please? Because yeah. otherwise you kind of get lost, you know? And, yeah. and and I do think kind of going back to our initial approach with, and I, I still kind of believe in this, and we, we both do, um, that getting our brand into a bunch of small stores was a great first approach because the more people see your product, mm-hmm the more likely they're going to be to buy at, at the big box store, sure. right? Yeah. So, like, we are, I was just saying this yesterday to somebody, that our products, like, a lot of times products go, uh, like, con- like they'll be conventional versus, like, mm-hmm. they'll be in, like, the shop and shops and shops mm-hmm. and everything of the world, or they'll kind of go, like, more natural, like, Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, been able to bridge. We're not in Whole Foods. Unfortunately. Give us a call, Whole Foods. Um, Soon. But but we're not in Whole Foods, but, like, we are everywhere from, like, farm stands Mm -hmm. to Big Y or Hannaford. Mm -hmm. Like, we're in Hannaford's in upstate New York. And so it's really interesting how our brand has been able and will continue to kind of branch or kind of bridge that that range of stores Mm -hmm. because our product is so wholesome like our our ingredients are straightforward there's no preservatives like there's just it's just it's what stuff you could take off of your shelf or mm-hmm. your you know buy at the grocery store and um kind of make your you could make you, there's there's nothing where you read the label and you're like what is that i can't pronounce that at all it's all stuff from the shelf so um but yeah so starting from the, the small stores was great and we up until like a year ago we were still like spending days on the road like with a map of all these individual stores and like dropping samples, dropping samples. But yeah, now as we expand, so we're in about 550 stores now and we're very dense in new England. And now we're starting to expand into like New York, New Jersey, DC. Um, and big markets too. Yeah. And, and (laughs) we're starting to realize that like, (sighs) It's a lot. It's a lot to be on the road in like, I mean, she went to New Jersey. I would, I spent like three days in upstate New York driving between Mm -hmm. like Schenectady and Syracuse and all those places. And like, there's a lot of empty land out there. (laughs) And so I, I like look back and I'm like, I'm glad I did that. And I also walked like three days of New York city with a cooler backpack and like Mm -hmm. walked to all these stores. But it is really about, getting that those big accounts mm-hmm. now, um, especially yeah. as we expand. And then like the smaller ones, as our brand awareness grows in those markets, will more naturally pick mm-hmm. us up. Yeah. So when you get for bigger store, obviously now, just like 
Because doing it for a farmer's market or doing it for 50 spoon stores differ from doing it for a bigger store. Right. So you have to open a warehouse. Do you have a place? What? Those, I think, <laughs> by itself, a huge challenge. Oh, yeah. And what what you learn from this? I, I would love to hear this. Like. Yeah, that's that's what we're facing right now, actually. So part of you know expanding outside of New England, I was like kind of talk to what she was saying. The challenge there is also in New England, we did all the pop-ups, breweries, all that. We've been here. Our brand's been everywhere on the street, sell-out market. All, so when you leave New England, you know, you're reaching out to stores that have never tried it. They try it, but they're like, I don't know anyone who's ever asked this product. So that's like a challenge we're definitely going to face. But as we continue with these larger distributors now and they're ordering more product and we're, you know, we have category views with larger chains, we're like, okay, we're building inventory, becoming way more efficient from a production standpoint. But from co- during COVID, freezer mm-hmm. space has been super, super, super difficult mm-hmm. to find. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a freezer that we're just like, we have and, like and now it's ice cream season we too. Like, we have, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So we're building inventory for the fall yeah. because we're we are having conversations with, with chains that are mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm gonna bring your stuff on. Yeah. And we're like, okay, so we want to build inventory, want to get more efficient with their production, but where do we put them? And yeah. when you find some place to put them, there's a best by date, right, on those products. So mm-hmm. if you're not moving it, they're sitting there and then they're mm-hmm. outside the date in which they accept it. So it's a lot of like juggling and all that mm-hmm. we're, we're every day we're trying to figure that out but and there's no we're trying to find the right balance sure. yeah. and, and, and to add to that something that i mean every business is always trying to determine the right moment to invest in new equipment mm-hmm. and and all of that so we've completely bootstrapped the entire thing we have no investors um and so one of the things that we've been really smart about and i it's funny i laugh i'm like we're smart about it, but then we also kind of like drag our feet to the point where like then we realize we don't need to do it. Like we do. <laughs> so like one of the things that we talked about is like expanding our walk-in freezer, mm-hmm. right? So we have at numerous junctions been like, we got to get a, uh, we got to like blow out this walk-in freezer and like take it over our, our space. We've talked about taking on investors to do something like that. We've talked, we've, we've just, we've gotten so many quotes multiple times over and everything. And then every time we kind of like bump up against that, we're like, okay, what is the solution to stay in this space is, mm-hmm. or are we looking at co-packing or are we, yeah, cause if we can find the right partner is co-packing the right route. And then, or like, instead of spending now after COVID, what was $60,000 is now a hundred thousand oh dollars with a freezer. Sure. Like instead of spending a hundred thousand yeah. dollars when we're here for two more years, are we just going to try to hustle and find offsite storage, like you're saying? So it's this constant, like, evaluation of how to spend mm-hmm. your money and how to get creative with and Because we really, obviously, like any business for the most part, I mean, obviously everyone has their strategy, but we would like to keep it. 100% us and yeah, not give ownership so all away. That, all that buildup. And that's, yeah. you know, that's where a lot of businesses, I think, um, struggle because it is, it's like if you get investors and it's like a whole other animal, there's so many more people involved. You really don't have full control over every decision. So that is a big, big decision that a we lot of businesses struggle with. We work actually with a company. We work with a company do actually baby stuff. Uh, they actually, they grown massively. They get investor, actually they kick the owner out. And uh, yeah. six months she was out. They told her, you become a president. Then after that, they took her out. And she's like, was she she said this was her own decision because they kicked her out. Yeah. 
But uh, bring us back for the goal. What your end goal, guys? Like where you see yourself? Because I think sooner or later, like because uh, we struggle. I even asked we struggle. Do we get invested? Do we not get mm-hmm. invested? How we do it? Because you know a lot of financial challenges here. Right. Like because you have a lot of stuff you have to invest in. You have over. Yeah. So what the end goal? How are you gonna? How you think you can be able to make it from here to there? Where? <laughs> yeah. So we we um. We've had this com- a lot. We've had this conversation a lot recently, and so right, like she said, you either invest in a larger facility, you continue to continue to expand and manage food manufacturing and scale that way, or you can co-pack so you can outsource it and kind of focus on selling. And that's kind of what I, which we've come to that agreement, like running the numbers, saying okay, it makes sense to find the right partner. Of course, we're not we're not in any rush to get out of food manufacturing, but finding the right partner that can scale up for us, so then we can focus on selling. Um, we also agree like long-term, like we don't, I don't want, I don't want to be in this business forever. And I don't think Vanessa does either. So we want to grow and eventually sell, but the, to get there, I think co-packing is probably the best route just because of COVID and supplies Mm -hmm. and all, and just like the expense that is, and we would need to take on investment in order to build out our own manufacturing facility. And we both agree that we don't want to give away that ownership. So we're like, okay, if we find the right partner that can help us produce mm-hmm. we go out and sell and then someone like nestle buys yeah. us <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i i I, agree. I think i agree with the we definitely want to exit that being said like that can take so many different forms right so mm-hmm. they can say okay we're buying you but we're keeping you on for you know brand management or mm-hmm. innovation or things like that so I like, we'll see when that cross that bridge, when we come to it, Mm -hmm. what that looks like. Um, I, you know, Casey and I are a big part of the brand with the sisters, with the grandfather and everything like that. And I know like I used to do work for General Mills on the side and we, I would do like sampling for like Lara Bar and Mm -hmm. Annie's. um, And, and so like, I know with Lara Bar, like Lara, the famous Mm -hmm. Lara, she got sold so long ago, but I don't really know if she's actively still involved, but I know after she sold, they had her on for like innovation and stuff. So mm-hmm. things like that, you could take different forms, but you know, we are, we're, we do have like a potential partner that um, ha- has a lot of the same equipment, which is really, really reassuring that could help mm-hmm. us. And we're, that's when we talk about like, we're working on um, rolling out a, a meat pierogi. Mm-hmm. So the meat yeah. pierogi has to be produced in a USDA facility. And that's going to yeah. be a big game changer for us because it's like a super popular mm-hmm. flavor for us. So yeah. bring people have been asking for it for years, but it's a good test for mm-hmm. us to work with them on that and then see if it might work potentially to roll out our other flavors with mm-hmm. them. Um, because as a business, they have decided that they make everything like they are making everything in house. They are mm-hmm. a much larger business. Mm-hmm. Like they, I think they were saying like at any given time, they have like hundreds of pallets like in storage oh, ready to yeah. go. Oh, so, wow. so they're a much larger business and they have the capacity um, but they are also, we also really trust them as on a personal level and, and they have a lot of the same like ascent equipment and equipment that we would ultimately need if we were yeah. to build yeah. out our own facility. Yeah. So doing the, the kibasa as a good test run with, with that. Um, but it's funny, like I say, it, so our, we've just kind of like rolled with the punches and kind of like, kind of tweaked. I won't say like completely changed, but we've like tweaked our approach for things a billion times. Mm-hmm. And every few months we're looking at things things again. I mean, 
would we have all thought that first of all, COVID would happen, then like the rolling impacts of COVID, like we were saying, like as a, as a consumer packaged good, like frozen item, dumpling comfort food, we were slammed during, during mm-hmm. COVID because yeah. people were home with their kids. It was yeah. an easy meal. It was our business they like went crazy. They, yeah, and then sure. now we feel like I now feel it's now. like we're feeling the effects yeah. now because people yeah. are going out again. Right. Yeah. Um, so like we now uh, luckily we're entering like the event circuit. Now mm-hmm. we do Boston Calling. We do all these yeah. festivals. So we're like making the transition a little bit with them. But we're really feeling, I think a lot of a lot of grocery probably is feeling that like transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like we agree we want to sell. How we get there can mm-hmm. can change that in another six money. months. Yeah, yeah, it could take like six but, years. So right, right. Could be ten years from now. I know. Yeah, yeah, we definitely think it's going to be like. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's be. next year. No, but no, no, no. it could never happen. Casey definitely needs it to happen at some point. I've always said I'm like 37 is the year I'm 30. I just turned 30. I'm like 37 is the year I am selling the business. And that's like, okay, so that makes me 42. 42. That's fine. But but yeah, like I say like Nestle, right? But like also that takes other forms, right? You might, Mm -hmm. you might say, okay, we're done. We built it to this point. Like, Anyone else interested? You know, it could be any mm-hmm. other food business that would yeah. be eyeing it. There's but so I'm, many different things. I, I'm yeah. like, I'm having fun. I'm still having fun and I'm not bored. Like, that's something, I, like, when I'm driving in the morning, I'm like, what, like, what motivates me? Why am I doing this? I'm like, I've never been bored in the last six years. Mm-hmm. I'm always critically thinking and there's always a problem to solve because if we're not solving it, no one is. Yep. Um, and it's like, and we have the freedom to kind of do what we want with the business. Yeah, we have to talk to each other about it. But like. It's cool. Like, mm-hmm. no one, yeah. we don't. You're working for yourself. Yeah, exactly. yeah you're entrepreneurs. Exactly. You're working for yourself. So this There's actually a lot of positives. for the fun of the side of owning business. What, uh, I think it's fun owning business. But also a lot of people from outside looks, it's like, you know, glamorous. you look at your website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's glamorous. Glamorous. You, you like, own your own business. So it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, my God. They have no oh idea. God. They don't know what happened. Yeah. Because if you look at your website, it's like, oh, my God, look at those two ladies. They're doing amazing. They're just baking well, they every day. Yeah. You're in yeah. the kitchen just baking, yeah. hanging out. Yeah. yeah. it's I And I, I think it's a struggle to not I don't want to like come off as like woe is me or poor me or anything like that but I think it is a struggle maybe it's my own personal like guilt complex but I I often like worry about um our staff and how they like Mm -hmm. see us or interpret like what we're doing because Mm -hmm. there is so much behind Mm -hmm. like the production there's so much like you know now especially like our roles have really changed. Um, I used to run, this is Vanessa, I used to run the pierogi machine like up until January of 2021. I was in like working, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was doing the five days in the, the kitchen facility, like, you know, and, and Casey was boiling the pierogies and literally hand boiling <laughs> the pierogies. And like, then we, I was able to train someone and we're training mm-hmm. another person to on the machine. So they were able to kind of take over my role and then uh, we hired more people and we got some more equipment to eat, like facilitate the boiling process. But we just really in the past maybe like eight months have mm-hmm. been able to really step away mm-hmm. from production. And so mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying, it's like I feel guilty almost when I'm like mm-hmm. on my computer mm-hmm. in the facility mm-hmm. because I'm like I should be washing dishes. I should yeah. be packaging pierogi. I should be mashing those potatoes. Like I mm-hmm. should be doing something, but I really sh- – I shouldn't like I, yeah. sh- I I'm there to help always, but my energy is 
best use and hers yeah. as well, but is best use like growing Building the business, the business so that we working can continue to pay yeah. all these people and That's all that. That's a struggle that I think a lot of business owners have because I think we struggle with that all the time is we do a lot from, at least from the agency side um, and actually on the Zuboot side as well, but we struggle a lot because we have, we're, we're like all hands in, like we're working in the business, we're working on the business every day. Yeah. And you, it's really difficult to do that because we shouldn't, we shouldn't be working in the business. We should be working on building the business and on the business, right. And, right. you know, growing it and all those things. But it's difficult because it's a, it's a balance mm -hmm. between it, you know? And um, I think that, you know, it's hard for us, a couple of reasons to let go, but also, because we can, you know, we can make an impact and clients still talk to us on a daily basis and things like that. So it is, that's a struggle that we face all the time. I think I started this because yeah. when, like uh, what you said, Vanessa, because you start the business. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, this is what you feel, you feel you have to be there. Yeah, you always yeah. rolled up your sleeves. Yes, yes. So this is a mentality. Yeah. And that's what got right. you to where you are right. now. But, so it's like. But if you keep rolling you always, your sleeves, you're yeah. going to wake up in 30 years and be like, I'm still rolling <laughs> so, up my sleeves. Yes, you have to. Yeah, it's, it's shift it has to be <laughs> heaven. You yeah. have to know now I'm going to grow the business. Now, <laughs> let me ask you, what inspire you guys? What inspires us on a yes. like a daily basis? And then because like just, you said, you're driving the car, you drive the Yeah. So I think, so I was actually thinking about, because I just turned 30 and I was like, okay, thinking about my 20s and doing this business. I think two things. So I've always said, like, I want to start, a, I went to business school and I always like said in the back of my head, I want to own like a restaurant or some food business. And the only real reason why I wanted to own a food business was because I've been told that 90% of them fail in, mm -hmm. within the first five years. So I've always been like, a okay, challenge. like that's a challenge. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm here for it. Cause I've always like envisioned my future, like after college, like living an unconventional life, like mm -hmm. not like working for someone else or sitting at a desk. Like I always thought that for myself. I didn't really know how it was going to like take form. Mm -hmm. So that's like kind of what I think about. I'm like, okay, I, I did that in my twenties and like, and it's always a challenge and I, I need that like stimulation. And then also I was thinking about like my grand, our grandfather, like he, so he had two two kids my mom being one of them and his son didn't have children and so mm -hmm. we are the only grandchildren we don't have mm -hmm. any first cousins and we're girls mm -hmm. and like we can't really carry on the family name because traditionally that's what happened mm -hmm. so i was like well it's really cool like every day i'm like wow we're like carrying on our grandfather's mm -hmm. name yeah, with our with our yeah. products yeah. for like years to come like past us selling the business or, or not selling the business like mm -hmm. people talk about our grand, like, oh, their grandfather, or like my grandfather, and like that's how we're carrying it. So that's mm -hmm. really like that's amazing cool for me. Yeah, and I, uh, I never saw myself owning my own business, and that's just because <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm definitely. We talk about a lot about this. Like, she's like that. I need a challenge. Like, don't tell me what to do. Like all that, <laughs> and I am like kind of the opposite where I'm like, I, I was, you know, I worked in corporate, I was climbing the corporate ladder. If my boss wanted to be on every one of my emails, cool. I'm, I know I'm doing a good job. Here you mm -hmm. go. Have an in, flooded inbox. Like, I don't mm -hmm. care about being micromanaged. Like I was just, yeah. I was in corporate. I was, you know, I, I was always um, like the teacher's pet goody mm -hmm. two shoes kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, personality. And so that's just what, that's just kind of what I was doing. And mm -hmm. I was always like, super type a so starting a business was just like another thing to do you know and put on the resume so that was fine but i never i don't think that when we started i don't think we ever i don't know about you but i never like envisioned that this is what it was going to become mm -hmm. and i say that in a positive way like i never yeah. i was never like yeah this is going to be like a national pierogi business we had you know if it if it went well that we always wanted to distribute but i don't think like 
you could have told me that I was going to be working on this all the time. And, um, but what inspires me, I think, yes, the legacy a hundred percent. Uh, but then, so for me, this is like super specific to my role. I really feel like I've found my place Mm -hmm. because I do the marketing for the business. And like for the first five years, I was like cramming that in with running the machine and doing all the production and washing the dishes. But now that I'm like able to freely think, I really feel like I'm like building a brand Mm -hmm. and I don't say like I'm like we are, but in terms of like the marketing strategy, Mm -hmm. it's something that like makes I'm so passionate about and yeah, you know, she's always Casey's always a good sport because I like. I just like tell me what to do. I see. Like, I like. I like see Instagram reels in my mind, great. and I'll be like, do this, like, do that. Fine. Just tell, like, I'll do yeah. whatever you want me to do. Yeah. But so my that, brain doesn't think like I don't think yeah. like that. Yeah. And that like, brings up another question. So, like, tell us a little bit about your dynamic and how you work together, and how I know we talked a little bit about yeah. that before we started rolling. But tell us a little bit about how you guys work together and how that dynamic works. Or you go first. I want to hear your perspective. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I mean we naturally like doing different things. So mm-hmm. I like went to business school. That doesn't mean that didn't really prepare me for running a food business, but it helps. Like my brain just thinks like in numbers and mm-hmm. how to be more efficient. Um, like, but also like I care about employees, like HR, like kind of like managing and like production, like mm-hmm. operations. Like that's the stuff that I get like high on. Like mm-hmm. I and I've recently learned that yeah. too. Like being in like at the co-packer so it's like there's just like process money numbers all of that cash flow like don't worry about it i got it i got you and like she's over there being like the creative and like mm-hmm. social marketing and like hey like reach out to this store and do this like there's things that i'm not thinking about all the time that she's telling me to think about i'm like mm-hmm. okay cool like what do i need to do and then i see the benefit of doing that so mm-hmm. it's like we've naturally i mean like she said earlier it's like four years ago it was like because it's like who does what because we weren't we didn't really mm-hmm. find our place yeah. but now it's like okay great like who do you like marketing programs okay i got you numbers like you got me like so it's like it's very it's now it's like really really healthy mm-hmm. but working with your sister is not that easy and like <laughs> I mean, we're very we have very good personalities yeah um but like for us what has worked is like in our families like this my mom said this earlier today she's like um like there's like like there's there's boundaries, but like you, we just let anything comes out. So that mm-hmm. we there's no like there's no filter in yeah. our family. There never has been. So like that's what's worked really well for us because we don't hold grudges. Like if mm-hmm. something we don't agree on, like it's just like, boom, and yeah. then it's done. Yeah. And that is so important, I think, in especially like our industry. Like yeah. cut the BS. We grew up. Mm-hmm. We grew up arguing about like you know as things. constant family <laughs> arguing, and so like like bicker, you know, and so. And it was just like a quick, like you could just have to have an argument and then it would be done and then you'd be over it in 15 minutes or an hour and you'd be mm-hmm. fine. And so like we were able to kind of either disagree, really have it out, like anything, and then be like over it and be mm-hmm. done. Um, but I agree. It, it's definitely, it's a dynamic in our family that... <laughs> doesn't necessarily work with employees either. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's something you have to like realize that like, I mean, for me, I am, we're like that as a family. I am like extremely direct mm-hmm. as a person. And I, I, I don't know if I can untrain myself, which is mm-hmm. why she manages the employees more because I feel like I'm direct and I'm not, people sometimes can't handle how direct I am. And it's not mm-hmm. like I'm degrading <laughs> Sounds like the company I know. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm degrading that. It's nothing like that. It's just like, 
I will just be like, no, nope, we, we yeah, said that is, we yeah. we didn't say this. We said this. Or, so let's yeah. do this. And then they'll be like, don't be rude to me. And I'm like, I'm not being rude to you. I'm just telling you what happened. But yeah. so it's like way, I, think I eat this in the right yeah. way because I'm very, very dark. Yeah. And ask anybody around me, they you know I'm like, warm. You know exactly like, what you stand with us. Yeah, there's right. no question. Right. Yeah. Like, he doesn't be that I think this is Because yeah. yeah. also, I think what, why? Because we're very busy people. Yeah. And you don't have time to sit down, bullshit you and yeah, like play the game. And, like, you know, I don't have the time. That. That's what yeah. it is. You can do it or not. That's yeah. just yeah. But even with our client, even if we don't like our client, actually, we tell them we don't like it. We go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, because, like, I said, for it, because, like, but I love that. This is straightforward. It's, I think much better. Yeah. Yeah. But also, what I love what you said, like, you know, guys, how we you know filter. I think this, because we work together for how many years yeah. right now, I think this actually would make it successful because mm-hmm. we open with each other. We, There's no wasted time. Uh, like, no yeah. wasted time. Trying to figure things yeah. out yeah. Yeah. amongst like, each other. Just like, yeah, here's what it is. It's too busy. It's too busy to sit down game. I think there is definitely some value in having a family business and having, like, an employee, like, just, like, two people working together. I think there's definitely some different different dynamics and i think there's a lot of positives to it too for sure yeah you know but yeah i think but i from my perspective on the working together i agree with her 100 percent uh she's definitely like the like data she's like the definitely the, the delegator do not ask me to delegate i like my <laughs> like my brain like goes like this and like just short, short circuits i can't like tell people to do things really um but i'm definitely like more in my own head like definitely the the creative and then i i think i'm like she said, I'm kind of like the bomb dropper sometimes where she'll be doing like all of the like steps, little day to day things. And then I come in and I'm like, we should do this differently. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and we're like, we should do this. Or like, we should do the, you know, like, like do this or do that. And like, so I will like be quiet. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I just like walk into a scenario and I'm like, bam. And I like drop something that I see that we could be doing differently, but I'm, so I probably drive her crazy when I do that. But, um, that's, I think like, I kind of like float in my own corner. So it works. Cause good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> bad cop, good cop, whatever. So, that's amazing. Uh, we've been working how many years to go? Seven years? Six. And Six. we weren't, we weren't close before yeah, we, then. That's thing, we were, we like saw, we live like 30 minutes from each other and we saw each other like twice a year, honestly. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. like, so we so now what you learn about each other? So for example, what you learn about your sister what you learn and this oh uh, i can i just feel like i i (laughs) did i don't know that i don't know if it's like something that you can like easily say i didn't know x about her but what i can say is that i can sense when Casey's anxiety is rising, like a change in temperature or like a change in the wind. Like, and so, and I can, I can say like now that anxiety is tied back to like this mm-hmm. for sure, this incident or this thing that's happening. And like, you just have to like talk her down or like write it out. That is one thing that I've like learned, I think over time to, I think we, you, you learn to manage the other person mm-hmm. too, like yeah. in what they're like, how you are. interact, how yeah. you engage and how yeah. you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I'm the, I, she's the realist slash slight pessimist, but definitely realist. And I'm the reckless optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need both. That's the thing. I, we were like in an argument a few weeks ago and I was like, it was a fine argument, but I was like, I really was sitting in there like in my chair and I was like, <laughs> Wow, I'm so glad, like, there's the two of us here. Like, for my sake and for your sake. We do need both. We need both of us. But I think, so, things I've learned. I mean, she's always been super direct. I, I, like, I've learned from Vanessa that you, okay, this is one thing. I think she's learned this, too. 
But if she's like <laughs> zero to 100 and like I'm not ready for it, I just go, okay, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the next day she's like thought it through another way or mm-hmm. or maybe she feels the same way. But like it's not always the best thing to tackle it right in that moment mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. Because we both get yeah. And then we both have to kind of come back. Um, but honestly, like every I Vanessa, I mean you see pictures of Vanessa in like second grade, like she looks the same. Like <laughs> like she's kind of had the same personality. So like nothing really has like really surprised me over the years. But we are way closer and yeah. I was just a little That's adult. Yeah. I was a little adult. <laughs> she was. I, little wasn't, adult. I was I'm not a big kid. I'm a, I was always a little yeah, adult. Yeah. Like so the Fomento. <laughs> A mentor, yeah, yes. we have a few. Um, yeah, it's family people. or uh, no industry mostly. Industry. Yeah, my. So I mean, we have a, a a gentleman who was the advisor of the cons- only corporate job I had. He was a advisor there, and then we left. And I reached out to him like three or four years ago, and he's been a great, great resource. Like he has a. <laughs> extensive Rolodex he says and it's true he knows like everyone everywhere and he's not mm-hmm. really focused on food manufacturing but he he like knows you know who to tap into whatever mm-hmm. and we meet with him yeah, um but also Joe. just like yeah and uh the operations guy behind Tuscan Kitchen they have a few restaurants mm-hmm. and they do wholesale and distribution but honestly like I think it's mostly friends uh mm-hmm. in the industry people are mm-hmm. so like always like paying it forward I feel mm-hmm. like in our industry like you reach out to yeah. someone or and people are so grateful and like now a lot of people reach out to us which is like mm-hmm. oh like may may like you know like yeah initially I remember five years ago I was like and then they're reaching out to us for advice. You're like, okay, That's we're all in this together. Yeah. So. I, I think something that I've learned about um, having like a network of other consumer packaged goods, mm-hmm. um, like vendors, is that it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously someone who's like just starting out is maybe not the right person for us to talk to. But if someone like is a little bit younger or older than us in the space, like or if they went around about it a different way, it can still be super valuable. So like, for example, um, some of my friends in the space are like, uh, there's AMG snacks. She makes like, um, kind of like date, date protein balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, she just started like a year and a half ago, but she has a product that moves more quickly. And like, she's has a co-packer and she mm-hmm. has from the beginning. So she's been like, working at a computer, like mm-hmm. selling her products. So it's interesting to see like how she, what the buyers that she's reaching out to and who she's approaching first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all that. And then like my other friend, Kamal, he does um, Hillside Harvest Sauce, like same thing. He, he like had a lot of time while we were, I don't want to say he had a lot of time in his hands. It's not what I mean, but like he had time to like research some programs when we were busy, like boiling pierogi and stuff like that, and we were did not, we were like just doing the minimum on the computer, and we didn't yeah. have any awareness of resources. He like did do all that, and mm-hmm. so even though like maybe we have larger distribution than some of these people, or were older, like they went about it in different ways. That now like our experience can inform maybe like what they're doing, and then their old other experiences can kind of help us. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like it's just it's really good to maintain a, a network i have a fr- another friend in new york city who or she's in out of new jersey who does um like burrick which are like spiral phyllo like phyllo dough mm-hmm. pies so yeah um 
And so we're like a similar like eth- frozen ethnic food. And her and I are like texting constantly all day long. Be like, do you know the buyer at this place? Do you know the buyer at that place? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is like, what does this distributor require? You know, and, and so we're just constantly sharing information because I'm in a territory that she's not, she's trying to like break into more and she's in a territory that I'm trying to break into more. Mm-hmm. So we're just like constantly sharing information. So I think that's like the most important thing. And then we have the mentor bit, like, being able to walk into a facility that has all of the equipment that you didn't even know what to look for, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, or sending links, yeah, like okay, you should look at this, or like here's my content. Oh, you're buying corrugated boxes. Well, this is who you should. This company mm-hmm. actually is twenty cents less. Like mm-hmm. all of that research just takes hours. Yeah. They're just willing to send you, and you're like, wow, like that probably saved That's, me thousands of dollars this mm-hmm. year. That's um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's funny. I mean, you probably feel like there's just funny connections and how you get there. Cause you're like, hey, how did we meet again? Like, yeah, that's but. amazing. Let me ask you a question. So, um, what advice would you give up and coming entrepreneurs, business owners? Um, what are things that you've learned or something that you would just say, this is absolutely something you need to know. You, you know, and here's if, my advice. Vanessa, you. If you can answer this and if you can answer yeah. what advice you would give yourself right now, going back uh, five, six years ago. Yeah. So for yourself and Vanessa, if you can answer for entrepreneur coming up. Yeah. Sure. I would say, like, hindsight is no sight in the sense that, like, you never, like, as you continue to grow a business, like, right, like, you don't know what you're doing, really. You have to pay taxes. You have to pay permit fees. Mm-hmm. You have no idea that the state of Massachusetts might reach out to you. Oh, sorry. Like, you kind of, like, I'm learning. Like, <laughs> this is what I did. Or, like. We had a walk-in freezer that, like, doesn't fit pallets. Like, we're yeah. going to be sending pallets to distributors. Or, like, a loading like, dock that's too like, high. Like, a like, loading dock that, like, yeah. no truck will come to. They Google map it, and they're like, sorry, like, good luck. Like, yeah. but you can't get hard. Like, you can't, like, knock yourself down for these mm-hmm. things. Like, I should have known this. Or, like, no, actually, you probably would have never known. And I always mm-hmm. say that to myself now. And it's, like, it makes it more, like, light and fun as it continues. Because you kind of have to just, you literally do have to start laughing it off. Because you're like, yeah. PC, three years ago, would you have known that? No. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Until you experience right. it. Right. Until you experience it, you have yeah. no idea. But like, yeah, so I would say that's like really important to be mm-hmm. aware of. And like, you're going to hear a lot of no's. And like, especially as we continue to expand out out of like New England, like people don't know the product. They think it's mm-hmm. the price point's too high because mm-hmm. they just don't get it. And like, you can't like lose faith. And like, you got to like have grit and like hustle. Because I think... A lot comes with, like, hustle. Like, if you mm-hmm. keep working hard, like, you're going to have some, like, luck here and there. I feel yeah. like that's what I've noticed. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think my advice to someone starting a business would be, I always say this, it's like, it's easy to see other larger businesses and all of the pretty shiny pieces of equipment and things and whatever that they have and to think that you need to be there. Mm-hmm. But just grow I mean, obviously people have different resources. Some people have investors from the beginning and they have a lot of capital or whatever. So they, you know, people can make the appropriate decision. But if you're just really bootstrapping something, grow methodically, like Mm -hmm. grow smart, you know, don't um, test the concept. Don't go all in uh, at the beginning, like just test the concept. And once you know it's valid, then invest in the next thing and then invest in the next thing and make, make small, like, you know, like when we first went to that farmer's market and sold out of like the 40 packages and then took another 30, <laughs> we're like, okay, let's get, let's go to dough sheeter. Yeah. So we bought the dough sheeter and we got it. We lucked out luck. 
we lucked out that like Restaurant Depot had one that someone like never picked up, but it was on, you know, discounted 800 bucks, which at that point was a lot of money, yeah. right? Yeah. So and then, so we bought the dough sheeter for $1,400 that like changed our life really. And it was like a t- little tabletop dough sheeter and saved the bruises on our palms. And like, we paid back that after like two farmer's markets. And then we like bought, you know, whatever the next thing. And it was just very methodical. Um, so I just think a lot of times I talk to people and they're like, okay, well, we're going to do like X, X, Y, and Z and all these things. Like, I'm like, well, did you like just test and make sure first and like mm-hmm. be smart? Um, and the other thing I would say is like kind of tying in what she said, you're going to make mistakes. Just try to ma- make them not very expensive mistakes. <laughs> um, I guess like you're gonna, there's going to be things, you know, we have like this cooker. That's we like sitting yeah, the like continuous our, sitting cooker in our kitchen, and it like tunnel it's fifteen thousand dollars yeah. off an auction. I just look at it. I'm like, it's on other auctions down. No one wants it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, there's fifteen thousand dollars, which is like it it, relative is probably like not that expensive no. a mistake, you know? Or like we we bought a piece of equipment that didn't really work, and we sued the manufacturer. Okay, me being optimist thought that like the legal system worked, which it doesn't. Um, <laughs> And so, like, a larger company is just going to call your bluff and just make mm-hmm. you spend money. So, like, right. yeah. It, my my advice: don't sue people unless you have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so we ended up like getting a refund. <laughs> that was it. After. Mm-hmm. We didn't even spend. We spent like a few, a couple thousand dollars, like two or three thousand dollars on a lawyer. So it wasn't an expensive mistake. Oh, that's good. But pick, it was a lesson learned. Pick your like, battles. Yeah. Pick so pick your battles. battles. So that was. Sure. An, I don't. Know, I guess. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that that would be, it's kind of like one and the same, I think, looking back. My advice, I guess my advice to myself, too, would just be, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, trust, just trust the trust the process because you will feel in the moment like things are taking forever to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when we redesigned our pouches, I was like, time has stopped like it was like <laughs> yeah. it was like this is taking so long to read yeah. to like make these pouches and mm-hmm. transition from the clamshells and i was like this is holding up our launch with big y like blah 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 and it was just like the worst thing and then looking back i can't even remember like it everything mm-hmm. just feels like it has happened so quickly mm-hmm. so a lot of times you feel in this business or in any business that things need to be happening so quickly but really like and they don't. Everything they don't moves happen. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like yeah. a meeting next Friday, you're like, but why do I have to wait seven days? Or, like, I mean, <laughs> but any, even like a year that goes by, yeah. you're like, you're, it, it's, it, it, in the span of building a business, like we are moving quickly, mm-hmm. just feels slow. So. So before actually, I want to ask you guys about the scholarship we have. Oh, yes. Yep. Why this is important for you and why, uh, why are you doing it? And, just if you yeah. can talk about this scholarship. Yeah, so we partnered with the Polish Club of Boston and the, I'm always switched letters, Polish American Heritage and Cultural Foundation. I always feel like, is it cultural and heritage or heritage and cultural? Anyway, they have a nonprofit. Um, and so it's, yeah, we partnered with them to introduce a scholarship for Polish American women. Um, and that's like, you know, we don't really draw any specifics about like your percentage that you're Polish or anything mm-hmm. like that. But um, yeah, so we we introduced that this year because we wanted to do something with the Polish community and also like lift up women um, mm-hmm. in in some in kind of a concrete way. So if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean, that's, 
I'm excited about it because woman owned, like we're just Mm -hmm. trying to create something or just show our support in any way Mm -hmm. we can. Because I mean, I've met some badass women owning businesses and I'm like Mm -hmm. furthering your education to then become maybe one of those entrepreneurs is exciting. So Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's amazing. You are woman business owned. Yeah. uh, What challenges comes with this? Did you face the challenges? Did he have any challenges? Because actually, we, we just did an interview with somebody else. Actually, did not have a challenges. Like, it uh, helps. You know. Yeah, it helps you get in the door yeah. to a lot of places now. You, especially you can as get you, certified, yeah. Yeah, when you get yeah. certified, woman-owned, um, on your packaging, and then you yeah. tell people, like, that gets you, you know, waived fees and, and, and to, you know, with buyers who are like, oh, okay, you're woman-owned, okay, because they need more diversity. So, mm-hmm. so it has, I think it's helped me in my conversations yeah. with buyers and yeah. stuff like that. And there's, so I think it, 90% of businesses, like especially the large ones, like the bigger chains, are working to increase the diversity on their shelves. Mm-hmm. So they are, they want to fill those quote quotas or they they're want motivated. to, they're motivated. So like the, like we're working, we're talking with Stop and Shop, like the mm-hmm. woman-owned business definitely helps you with that, um, with them, with like slotting fees and things like that. Um, and then... I'm trying to think of as if have you had any other concrete like well it's, I mean it's not it's, it's, it's like it's not necessarily like a yes or no like oh if you're if you're not woman yeah. owns like you're probably yeah. You know, yeah, yeah but it's like yeah. oh that's a nice added bonus like add that in there right. because they need that diver- like diversification so, that, so I yeah. would say like it's there are rare occasions um, I think the grocery industry in general is very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very old school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the buyers, I always joke that I should like learn how to play golf because like, like a lot of the buyers adding, are just yeah. like all the, Charity golf like, not the it's like white, it's like white guys playing golf together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, I mean, that's yeah. a, a, unfortunately probably a lot of corporate America still. And, and it is the grocery industry. Um, we deal with a lot of, um, like middle to older uh, older men and mm-hmm. buying positions. Who email hello Jaju? Hello you say Jaju. Your name. Yeah, yeah like, like my name's like, Casey. <laughs> I was gonna be Casey, boy or girl. But when I walk in place, they go, "Oh, you're a girl," and I'm like, "Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah. goes either way." Yeah. But they're like yeah. assuming Surprise. that it's a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, so we deal with a lot of men, which is fine. <laughs> and they don't. I don't know that we've like, but they're. I personally have had like. A, well, you have too. Like we yeah. we've had only a couple like negative experiences with certain like very boys clubby kind of mm-hmm. organizations that'll be like, Oh, you're a cute story or, yeah. or whatever. Like, or go sample you know, over there. Yeah. <laughs> like when we walk into someplace and there's like all the big brands and then it's like us because we're the cute story or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So there has been like only a few elements of that. Um, but honestly, it's like, I don't really want to work with you if you're that's your attitude yeah you know absolutely. so so i think um but for the most part it's like, been I, super like, positive cheerleaders and, mm-hmm. for sure yeah Amazing. yeah yeah, yeah so good. actually i do good. have one more question sure guys what do you do for fun because this oh, is stressful <laughs> so now how you relax how you calm down how yeah. you you go from 100 to zero how yeah yeah it's i know it's a challenge because I, between me and we can't do it but how how you guys you do it yeah. We t- so we typically take like a quarterly vacation, whatever sure. that. And oh, I've nice. I've noticed vacations like, like could be like four days. It's, it's like it like, does yeah. happen yeah. quarterly, but I it's like it's <laughs> vacation. Really I know what a vacation. I know. Is. I'm yeah. like, but it's very important for like my mental. I mean, needs to get away. Needs to be somewhere else. Um. So I do that typically, or like go to Europe. Like we like at the end of the holiday season, which yeah, is like the busiest years. time. Like 
between Christmas and New Year's, like, peace. Like, I'm going to go somewhere mm-hmm. cool. Um, I also, like, exercise every single day for my mental health more than my physical. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm not, like, endorphining up, <laughs> like, I'm not well. So I feel like that's super important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I make time for that every day. But, yeah, having a social life, I mean... I, we were both single for quite some time and I was just like, I started dating again and I'm like, in like same, like we, we always talk about this. It's like, they don't get it. Like, I mean, you guys have each other, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you've been yeah, you're in, in it together and you get it, but it's like so hard when you're out, you're like, yeah, I can make like May 18th work. And it's not because I don't like you. It's literally the next time I'm free, <laughs> yeah. you know? Because so we're doing, we do so many events. So many events. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, do you want to yeah. join? And them? we still do a lot of yeah. them because we travel so much with them. Like, yeah. so that, that has so. been not easy but also like i feel like i want to be an entrepreneur for life so i'm like mm-hmm. i need to find someone that could appreciate yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like in a that, role so. that can either like complement right. that or has right. flexibility right or whatever. right yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah i'm i'm still trying to figure out who that ideal partner <laughs> is because i like tried the super stable job like basically antithesis to what i'm doing and like that I don't know if that really works. They're like, why are you doing all these things? Like what? Um, But anyway, I'm going to answer your question about fun and more like how to maintain. Like I'm on this big kick right now of like just being Zen and the rest Mm -hmm. of my life when the, the business being so like hectic. And so like for me, that's sleeping well. So I put my sleep above like so I I. I will share these little tidbits with anybody. I think they're just like life changing. I keep my phone downstairs. Mm-hmm. So I go upstairs, I go to bed and I fall asleep every night to the daily podcast from the New York times to <laughs> some soothing voice, like lulling me to sleep about some political events, some current events. Um, I go like, okay, Alexa, play this. So I fall asleep and I don't have my phone. And so I don't wake up in the middle of the night and look mm-hmm. at it. And I feel like that is like a terrible thing that so many people have. I mean, mm-hmm just having that glow. Um, so I sleep, I try to create like a, like do things around my house to like keep my space, you know, kind of Zen and positive and I garden and like, I just try to do things that are not connected to technology. And I, mm-hmm. I, I just ran the Boston marathon. That was my 11th marathon. I'm oh, in, wow. I'm in semi, I'm in semi retirement <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, I also travel a lot to, you know, we like we do our mini vacations and and whatnot. That's big. But I really just think like I try to create a very Zen mental space. Um, and I think you it takes a long time, especially in your 20s and moving into your 30s to like figure that out and mm-hmm. like how to create that. Zen. So it's like surrounding yourself with the right people that are like mm-hmm. your cheerleaders. And um, yeah, and then just like creating a like a a healthy space in your home and like getting the rest and getting it. I don't personally need to go like lift weights and run every day. I have a dog. If I go walk in the woods, if I'm just like not just staring at my phone, that's enough. But it's just like Zen because the rest, the rest <laughs> of your business is like on Zen. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. But like the last thing I'll say is like on that is like when it isn't like when there is a morning that is Zen and you're like heading to the kitchen or heading, you're like, what's wrong? Because like, yeah. like you can separate that in your personal, but like, if it's like a work day, like I know at 9am, like I'm going to get a text that something's going to start mm-hmm. happening. And, yeah. So it's like, 
Yeah, it's just yeah. My watch has been vibrating this entire time, right, and I'm like, is the like, kitchen on fire? So, but yeah, I, I kidding, go but. like, okay, in ten years, like if I'm not doing like something a business like this, like am I gonna miss that mm-hmm. chaos? Because sometimes you're like, like yeah. stop, it's an addiction, stop, yeah. right? It's an addiction because yeah. you're like, once yeah. you stop, you're like. Okay, I should be doing. What should I be doing now? Yeah, I have that guilt. Right? Yeah. How vacation? Heaven forbid! I walk in from the office at nine thirty at night and I sit down for like ten minutes before I'm just like I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to relax. Nope. There's like a guilt level that you're sitting there thinking, "Oh my god, I should be checking email. I should answer that thing. I should do this. I should do that." Yeah. It's like right. chaos. Right. It's a challenge. Yeah. But you know, this is actually what uh, like, this I think what was entrepreneurial mindsets is not for everybody. It's different. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. not. It's it's challenge. Even family, because I know you talk about your family in the beginning. Because a lot of family, oh, there's no way. Don't do not do this. Just make sure you work job, safety. Yeah, yeah. It's not for everybody. Right, so this right. way is a challenge where you find some people has the same mindset. Right. Has a challenge. And I'm sure, guys, you take a lot of chances. We love to take a chance. Yeah, yeah. We're risk takers. We love to stay. Walking on the edge. Just take the risk and see what happens. Because make it happen. We live one life. So, yeah. But this way it is. It's very fun, guys. It's yeah. very fun. Uh, yeah. And also, one thing actually I was going to ask from you guys because I see now we deliver mm-hmm. if you can't talk about delivery because I see people can pick up and deliver from you st- uh, something like this yeah, so, we, so if you can't talk about this very fast so we sell in 550 stores so that's like our primary push um, and so in the New England area you know we're in about 350 plus specialty stores plus Roche Brothers was our first chain. So all the Roche Amazing. Brothers and Brothers Marketplaces, Big Y. Um, then a couple of Hannaford's in, in Massachusetts. Hopefully they're going to be putting us in more. Fingers crossed for that meeting. Um, what am I missing? And Dave's yeah, Marketplace in Rhode Island. We do the delivery companies like GoPuff in oh. Boston area, um, Joker in Boston and yeah, New York. In New York yeah. um, and we also ship nationwide. So anyone that goes to our website can purchase. Yeah, we, so we oh. ship nationwide. Yeah, and people can, I mean, consumer. In a, on a lesser scale, when we do like our events, people, if it's not like a Boston Calling Music Festival, but mm-hmm. we do like our brewery pop-ups or farmer's markets, People can like pre-order to mm-hmm. pick up mm-hmm. ahead of time, but that's like kind of small scale versus mm-hmm. the other stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll on top of all the other stuff, we'll be doing things like we're doing, you know, Attleboro and Portsmouth farmers markets, and then like every weekend. So we're doing, you know, the big like our big ones are we're doing Boston like the Boston Polish Fest in May. Then we'll do Boston Calling. Uh, we have folk a festival in Newport, yeah, Rhode Newport Island, Folk and Jazz, jazz Fest, yeah. and then South like, Bay Bisco on Long Island, Great South Bay, festival. Great South Bay yeah. in Long Island, um, and then going to Saratoga Springs for their brew fest. Like all, we're kind of doing all things like that. So when uh, when we should talk, working to, seven days a week. Yeah, when yeah. she when she says like <laughs> she's like yeah, you could I'm free on like this day. It's really true. Like I sent my my mom off and like watched my dog, and I literally I sent her like all of my weekends so i was basically like gone like all of june for sure and then july and so that's like august august lets up a little bit but (laughs) yeah so events shipping direct to their home on our website uh, home delivery services like GoPuff and um, Joker, and then we have all the smaller ones like Family Dinner, um, Crescent Ridge, things like that, and then the stores. They have we have a store mapper on our website, so just type Amazing. in their zip code and Thank find you. a close store. Can you say the website name? Oh, JajuPierogi.com. So it's J A J U, and then pierogi like the food. So P I E R O G I. If you just type that into Google 
or pierogies Boston, we should show up. <laughs> and that's the Instagram handle too, Josh. Yeah, I, I also your Instagram. It's very fun actually. I looked at it. I saw you guys talking about. I think you're talking about Will Smith's slap. Oh God! The yeah, so I, I saw. I'm saying, how this can I go about? It's very fun. But I say people should follow you on social media. Yeah. So what's the handle for Instagram? Uh, Jaju Pierogi. Just straight Jaju Pierogi is on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to be hip and do TikTok, but I need like some college intern to help me with that because I've <laughs> it's not that not that easy but um yeah Facebook Instagram TikTok Jaju Pierogi amazing amazing great well, thank, thank you guys yeah. thank you guys thank you. this was fun this was awesome. fun yeah was fun. absolutely thank you for listening to Founder Thought you can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at founderthought.com Founder Thought is a production of Pepper Gang